Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right, it's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Dr. Sophia Edwards Bennett will join us to discuss the path to soul immunity. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world famous question of the week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Science Show. Well, dealing with a cancer diagnosis is not easy. Joining us today to discuss this issue is Dr. Sophia Edwards-Bennett. Dr. Edwards-Bennett is a board-certified radiation oncologist who gained her medical and oncology postgraduate education from Harvard's Cancer Therapeutics and Research Program, Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, and Cornell Medical College. She's a multiple award-winning radiation oncologist, cancer ambassador, best-selling author with a social media presence. She has penned the new book, The Path to Soul Immunity, Soul Currents for Life and the Big C with Dr. Evie. Dr. Edwards Bennett, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Thank you for having me. Well, it, it is certainly a pleasure, as I said again, and a, certainly a great book. And I think one which speaks for those dealing with a cancer diagnosis. Here's why I decided to put the book together. Well, I've been practicing for over 15 years. And what I have recognized in treating cancer patients is that the treatment itself, that is the treatment we're delivering, Western medicine, radiation, as I do, and of course, multimodality, so chemotherapy, surgery, it treats the cancer, right? The physical tumor. But how do we address the silent tumor, the psychological tumor, the psychological toxicities that our patients are facing? And I saw that day to day, and I wanted to compose a collection of prose. It's a book. It tells a story. But as you probably have gathered or gleaned, I write in prose so that it's more engaging. And I want to do that. I wanted to do that to give patients and their family members hope, to give them a language, to speak about what they're experiencing, but also to disseminate what I have coined. I've used the acronym His Lamp for the big C reattitudes that I developed in my and I use in my practice. It's the H is for restoration of hope. The I is for reignition or reclamation of identity. The S is for reaffirmation of self-worth. The L is for reappraisal of life. The A is for requited admiration, meaning our patients admire us, but we need to let them know how much we admire them, their courage, their tenacity, the strength it takes for them and their family members to go through this 
difficult process of dealing with cancer and the treatment of toxicities, et cetera, and the life beyond that, that it doesn't change, you know, the, the anxiety, et cetera. And the M is for rehabilitation of the mind. The P is for reignition of purpose. So his lamp, as in thy word, is a lamp onto my feet and a light onto my path. So really, that is embodied in the book, right, to give patients the light, sense of restoration of hope and everything that they need to process, not to be redundant, to process just the now, just to process of what they're going through and then reassess life and then glean what they need to from that process and then take it with them to enhance the ensuing years ahead if that is the case. And if that's not the case, then there is a legacy. As I speak about in my book, there is in the addendum, there is a prose, the peace in passing. And that was added because I wanted patients to know that there is something that you can leave behind. You can will it as in a written will. It's a legacy you can leave behind when you reflect on your life. Being in the medical field, radiation oncologist, and of course seeing, do you think that this caring for this, you will? Let's just say it probably isn't as embraced as it should be. And, and that is not because we are not capable of empathy as physicians. That's really why we enter the field, right? Because you want to care for patients. It's just that it is a more of a science and practical engagement and also because of the time that it takes, that takes much time to spend with the patient and not just deal with the cancer, right? So it's a decision that you make, but also I must say that this is not necessarily just about the field of medicine. It's really about a calling, right? That's my sense, and, and, and I know that to be true because as you've read in, in my book, The Path to Soul Immunity, I also reveal a lot about my life and the difficulties, the adversities, the loss of my mom when I was 13. And so I think I was primed from that experience, as difficult as it was right? There is usually a purpose for adversity. And so I think being primed with that and then also the experience and the knowledge gained, all of that was packaged into the wisdom and the empathy that I now utilize and employ in my practice. So it has a lot to do with my experience. It's collated, right? It's canvas that's painted with all these experiences. And now we have this Monet packaged being that was meant to do exactly what I do. So it literally was the, the road, the path. The, the book is called The Path to Soul Immunity. That was my path right? That was my path. And we all have our destiny helpers and we all have our different paths. 
and that was my path. And, and, and so that is why I practice the way that I practice. But you are right in saying that there is more empathy needed, in, not just in medicine, but just in our society, to be honest. I'm sure we can all agree on that. But I think I was just blessed to be able to, to write the book. And to be honest with you, my, my husband read the book and he knows me very well. And he read the book and he thought, wow, I mean, this is just so deep. I have to read it so many times to really grasp some of the depth of it all. Sometimes you do have to understand exactly what I'm trying to say. Past is not your present. Your present is not your future even though they are in sequence, chronological sequence, it has nothing, your past has nothing to do with your present. And I tell my patients that, and I, I mentioned, speak to my husband about that as well when we're discussing the book. And, you know, I also have to mention that I can't take full credit for the book because there was something else that was a driving force. In writing this book, I, it was literally being downloaded. And that's the honest truth. I mean, at 2 a.m. in the morning, I would wake up with this full prose that I had to write. And then I went back to sleep. I was every day, I, it was being downloaded. So the entire, my entire life and all the processing of everything, all the experiences was leading up to writing this book from the downloading of everything that I'd amassed, right? And then just somehow dissected through all the maze, things that were not understood at the time, but then in retrospect was so clear. It, it, it could, there could be no more clarity. That's when it was seasoned, it was marinated and ready to be disseminated. Everybody brings to it their own journey, their own experience. And you know, Charles, when I see my patients in clinic, I see my patients in on-treatment visits, right? Every week, usually on, there's a designated date to see my patients on treatment visit every week. So some of my patients are being treated for two weeks, three weeks, some nine weeks, right? And when I see my patients, I usually mention that, you know, of course, you have a designated date to be seen to discuss your treatment toxicity, but your body doesn't know that, <laughs> right? Your body doesn't say, well, you're seeing me on Wednesday, so that means that you should develop your side effects on Tuesday. I say that to say this, that they can see me any day they choose. As long if they are experiencing toxicity, then I am available to discuss it with them so they can never apologize. So that's my golden rule. There are no apologies, right? So they can't say, I'm sorry that I saw you yesterday and I'm bothering you now because, you know, your patients always respect your time, right? So, and then they apologize for apologizing. So that's a double apology. And I tell them they'll lose a gold star. But I tell them this at the end. So every, every patient, when they're, when after their last treatment, of the entire course, we have what's called a final OTV. It's FOTV. That's the that's the acronym that we use. And um, I always want to leave them with this thought: 
you've been through all this process. Many times our patients don't even have time, honestly, to process the diagnosis because once they have discovered finding the cough that they thought was pneumonia and then it was diagnosed as lung cancer, then it's one step to the next, to the next, to the next, and they're given all these appointments. And next thing they know, they're just going through the motions and they have no time to process, let alone time to see a psychologist, which is one of the reasons that I think it's important to discuss these things with our patients in clinic. And I do. It's not just about the book. I mean, I literally implement in my practice, right? And so at the end of during FOTV, the final OTV, I asked my patients to do me one favor, just one. I want them to, I, I see, sit with yourself and process what you've been through because many times we don't want to face what really hurts, what we've been through. We want to move on. The problem with that is that we don't learn from what we've been through and we don't see ourselves. Literally, that's why we need a mirror, right? We don't see ourselves. And what I see in them the strength, the courage it takes. Imagine going through that entire process, but they're not seeing themselves. But I see the courage, I see the strength, and I want them to see it too. But they cannot see it unless I first open their eyes to what I see, right? So I'm their mirror, right? And then I want them to go with that thought and sit with it with that positive thought and now process what they've been through because they'll find something else out about themselves that they never knew. And that's why I write about my past because that that was exactly what I had to do. And so that was what informed me. And I wanted them to know what my perspective was because there is some gain You cannot, I tell my patients, you cannot waste pain. There has to be gain. There is a lesson in all of it. And I want them to gain it all. I literally want them to milk everything out of the process because the person that they become, they will be surprised. They will surprise themselves. This process of self-reflection, this holding up a mirror to one's experiences, they've been shown to improve outcomes, improve future prospects for people that have gone through it. Is it surprising to you that it's not as well employed in addition to the medical treatments is more commonplace? Well, I don't think it's infused in practice per se. I think that we can make referrals, and I do speak about that in the book as well. It's just that my our patients don't have the time, and in certain cultures, there's a stigma, right? So you're not going to search for spiritual or psychological help. It's just not what. Most of my patients do not actually seek that, and so they may be encouraged to do so if they're open, right? So if, if I open the door or leave it ajar, right, just by trying to pull every day, they are a little bit more malleable. Some patients are completely open and some patients are not. And the latter, those are the patients that I know need my help, right? Because their emotional door is completely closed and they do believe that my only job there is to treat the cancer. They really do believe that that's 
the only reason I'm there and that's the only reason they're seeing me. So I'm not there to help them through it, right? And so I have to be quite open with them and they may they may think about it and then when they return they're a little bit more open or they will disclose some information to allow me to see that they're ready to speak right but i don't think that it is formally practiced that's for sure i honestly don't think so and i think medicine has changed so much that we don't have as much time to spend in clinic with our patients. And many physicians know that to be true. You have 15 minutes, you have half an hour for consultation. If it's an hour, which I usually am adamant about an hour, and my nurse will see the patient first. But usually my consultations last at least an hour and a half because depending on the patient, of course, but there are certain things that I cannot leave unsaid or undone. So it's not just the physicians. I think it's the field of medicine too has somewhat changed in that way. When we used to make house calls, it was so much more personal. And that was years ago. I don't even think I was born yet. But that was the kind of personal touch that we medicine brought to our patients, right, which is not and brought to the world. And that's not the case anymore. And if that is the case, like concierge medicine, then it's quite costly. So if we want that to happen in our clinic room, what I call our sanctuary, where nothing else matters but preservation of life, literally that we, we share the same goal, the patient and the physician, then that is where we shed everything. And it's just about the patient. That's it. And if we see our clinic room that way, and if we see our patients the way we see ourselves or our family members, then I think we have to just step in the building with that frame of mind. And if we, if we frame it that way, then we'll give what we have the capacity to give. And we as human beings, we have the capacity. That's why we're human beings. We're not that much different. Very powerful message, one that uh, really needs to be taken to heart by everybody. Uh, but people picking up the book, what would you like them to take home, some messages, final message you'd have for uh, people regarding your book, The Path to Soul Immunity? What I would like readers, the audience, to take away from this book, is I would encourage you to read it, but certainly the audible is also good, and I narrate, so it will be authentically me. And it's the journey that matters. And we all have a path. But if you listen really deeply, if you introspectively analyze every experience that you go through, it's not just knowledge, it's experience. And when it's experience, it's an encounter that leads to wisdom. And whenever you have amassed that wisdom about you, about what you know about the world around you and what you can give to the world, not take, but give, then you know you're on the right path and you know you're on the path to becoming and you certainly know that you've gained all the soul currency that you need on your path to soul immunity. 
talking. We were talking with Dr. Sophia Edwards-Bennett. Her book, The Path to Soul Immunity, Soul Currency for Life, and The Big C with Dr. Eby. Dr. Edwards-Bennett, thank you so much for joining us today on The Grok Science Show. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.